We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's good, everybody? Before we get started on this episode of Veterans Minimum, an OG is back. The big boss man is back on the ones and twos. Shouts to him for joining us and shouts to the members of the Patreon. We got Nick Chavez, Christopher Velasquez, Daniel Gibson, Derek Pleates, Devin Rendon, Jake Powers, Mike Wozniak, Corey Johnson, who and of course, Bill's Mafia's very own AFC title bound, Ryan Pisner. Thank you all for joining the Patreon and supporting the Patreon. It's patreon.com slash veterans minimum to join and to support. Also, Come up with this idea, a pretty cool idea that I have for the Super Bowl. And we're going to open it starting with today's episode and moving forward. We are doing Super Bowl boxes for the show. We did this last year, too. It was exclusive to the members of the Patreon. And then some people just sent money to myself and to the show to get their name on the box. And there was like prizes and shit. And you got some merch. You got some money. The whole nine. This year, we're going to do it a little bit different. We're upping the stakes a little bit. Super Bowl boxes, $25 a box. You can contact me directly. You can tweet at us at Veterans Minimum. You can send us an email. If you go to Instagram, you could direct connect with us. Direct message, direct connect. What the fuck was that? Anyway, let me just explain what the prizes are going to be and what this is going to go towards. As you guys know, I don't like to lie to you. So this is going to be a pretty cool way to be able to gather up some money, donate some money, buy some stuff for the show, and you guys are going to get rewarded depending on if you win or not. So $25 a box. Just get in contact with us. Hit us up in the Discord if you're in there. Just hit up someone that's affiliated with the show. First quarter, any three items, if you hit the first quarter box, any three items from the merch store on the loyalist.com slash veterans minimum are yours. All you would need to do is tell us what you want and where to send it. So you're looking at a value of about, if you were to pick the three most expensive things, which you bastards probably would. <laughs> I shouldn't have said bastards. I should have said legends because you guys are all legends. But you pick any three items that you want from the merch store. It's the loyalist.com slash veterans minimum. The link to the shop is going to be in the description of this episode so you guys can see exactly what's available. So first quarter, you're going to get that. Halftime, 
250 American dollars. How's that? Halftime. Cash. Not really cash, but we'd send it to you. Third quarter. Any five items from the merch store, theloyalist.com slash veterans minimum. That's excess of $150 bundle there. So you could pick out whatever you want. There's mugs. There's uh, a thermos. I don't even know if I said that right, if that's the right thing. But there's coffee mugs. There's beer mugs. There's hoodies. There's crew necks. There's tables. There's ladders and chairs. It's the whole, oh my. Right? So you get any five items if you're at the third quarter. And then the final score, the final game, if you hit that, we're doing $500 to the winner. And then... The remainder of the money, there's some stuff that is going to go towards the show to buy some new equipment as well. So think of this as like a donation of some sort. And then on top of all that, I'm going to donate half of that money to the Mental Health Foundation. I've already talked to Dr. Carlene MacMillan, who was on the show last week, and to donate some money to the Mental Health Foundation, hoping to get, if I fill up all the boxes, folks... It's going to be a $500 donation on behalf of the show and myself to the Mental Health Foundation. So it's going to a good cause, man. We could have some fun. You guys could get some cool shit out of this. And it would mean a lot if we could fill up these boxes. We got about two weeks until we could get everyone in there. So starting it with this week and it'd be dope. And again, it would mean a lot to me if we can fill up these boxes and uh, go from there. I will say... um, you don't need to be a member of the Patreon to do this, right? You could be just like, you just want to be in the boxes. So this isn't exclusive to Patreon members, though I am going to work out something with the members of the Patreon who are on the Patreon, who I started this episode with. I'll get in contact with you guys. But yeah, $25 Super Bowl boxes. First quarter, if you hit that, a merch bundle of any three items from the merch store. Halftime, 250 bucks third quarter any five items from the merch store around 150 dollars value final score 500 bucks and then we're going to donate 500 to the mental health foundation and then the rest of that money is going to go to a good cause and buy some stuff here for the show so be on the lookout hit us up and yeah enough about that enough about the cheap plugs this episode absolute banger the big boss man nick devito is back on the other end first time he pulls up to the studio of course he brought some beers because i've become an alcoholic but it was a fun conversation we talked a lot of ufc we talked a lot about like what's good with boss where boss been at you know what i'm saying taking up hiking and also we talk a little bit about the jets and some some super bowl stuff sort of just fantasy booking what the potential matchups might be like from a storyline perspective so it's a really fun episode always a pleasure to see the big boss man come on And yeah, sit back, relax, congrats, and we'll catch you guys next time. I'm working hard for respect in my city. I'm working hard for respect. You think you got it, I got it for real. This one for those they forget in my city. This one for those they forget. This dog off the leash and it's ready to kill. Ah, yes. What's good, everybody? Welcome back to Veterans Minimum. And we got an OG is back. First time in the building. First time I've done a podcast with you in person in a long time. Long ass time, man. 
Shit, we did the one back in May when UFC came back. Yeah, I was trying to remember. I was like, yo, I know you called in. On Zoom. Yeah. We did the Zoom, but I was I completely forgot about that. I thought it was like maybe we did we did some shit where you called in for baseball. We were talking about like baseball contracts. Like, yo, is it isn't it crazy a dude gets nine years four hundred million? Like, yeah, yeah, we did we, do that. We did do that. That was like a segment though. I yeah, yeah, was like yeah, a full but, episode. But yeah, but yeah. When you came back for the car, my guy boss, Nick DeVito, back in the building. Let's get it going, man. Let's crack open. I got I went and got some Broken Skull IPA. Not a sponsor, but they should be. Absolutely, it should be. I mean, Especially like, you see bro, yeah. look, look. I, I came dressed for the occasion. The goat is in the background at all times. Dude, my guy. For those that don't know, <clears throat> because the show has transitioned over the last year and change, my brother. I feel like the only way to cheers these things would be to smash them, but I got to respect we got, the new you know, digs. Let's hold on. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> mm. Mm. Wow. Yo, you know the last time I had this? I've only had this one time. Can you really? remember? Yeah. Christmas. Well, yeah, Secret yeah. Santa. Absolutely. I ordered them that time, though. Oh, it was you. Yeah. But it was in the bottle, it too. It was the remember? bottle. It was like a, yeah. That was definitely more classy because it was like more of it, too, as opposed to It was, to these. yeah. It was like two pours. But these are nice, though. It's like a personal. It's, these are much better. <clears throat> I, have a, I have a confession to make. Let's hear it. Sort of become an alcoholic living on my own. Everyone that comes in, even you, you showed up with beers. I like, did. All the time. It's like, oh my god! Well, I saw the guests before. I was like, they yeah, all, everyone's yeah. bringing alcohol. I was Everybody. gonna bring proper twelve because it's fight week over here. That's well, right. everywhere, but I don't know. I felt like Dylan did the deed, so I was like, I'll leave he it did, at yeah. that. We still got. We went to work on that proper twelve after we finished. Like, yo, bro, there's like only a little <laughs> left. It's like, what the hell? But dude, how you been, man? For, well, l- let me just paint the picture. Boss and I, he used to be a part of Veterans Minimum way back in the day when we started the brand together, and you were always, I used to tell you this too, man. You were my favorite one on the show. Let's go. Like, no lie. You I were hope like, Joe aren't watching. <laughs> <laughs> you were, <clears throat> you were the, the person whose takes I like the most, your delivery, everything about it, man. So it's, it's a pleasure to have you back on. Thank you, man. Yeah, it was a great time, man. I mean, those are shit. That was like four years, three or four years in the running. Mm hmm. And then, uh, but you're doing a fucking excellent job, dude. I still tune in every week, especially the YouTube clips. I think are amazing. I mean, for me, I'm I'm an idiot, so like video keeps my attention much more than audio. So I love like all the the YouTube clips, especially when like 15, 20 minutes long. I love that shit. So, bro, you've done an awesome job, and like, and then some since since you've ran with it yourself. Thank you, man. It, it means a lot coming from you, and <clears throat> even some of the guys that have reached out to me, it, it definitely means a lot. And um. You know, we we can't forget the roots. You know, you helped you helped put this together, so I appreciate it. That's why I, I was like, yo, I got to look up. We got to get some, like, dope beers, you know what I'm saying? And <laughs> I saw that in the neighborhood they're selling these, too. I'll drink to that. And, yeah, yeah. That's, that's pretty cool, actually. I didn't even know. You said you named a bar that mm-hmm. uh, you picked these up from. I didn't even know they sell beers like that. So <clears throat> that's good to know going forward for me because... Big IPA sheesh, guy. I'm going to sit down one night. <laughs> like you said, you become an alcoholic living on your own, bro. I... I'm watching fights. I'm watching any sporting event. If I if I have money on it, it's not going my way early. I get like this bad anxiety. Like I need something in my hand. It's usually a beer. <laughs> like, run to the fridge and grab a beer. All right, I can settle down now. First of all, let me ask you this: When don't you have money on something you're watching? Yes, these days <laughs> it's it's not often. That's for damn sure, bro. It's gonna get worse. You know, it's about to get legalized in New York. Saw the, that. the mobile app in the works. Yeah. That's Scale of one to ten, ten being the most dangerous. How bad is that? It's an eleven, <laughs> dude. Every time we drive to Jersey lately, because since the pandemic, I 
they closed for a little while the actual book itself so it was all on the phone and the, the mobile app so i drive over and just like take the first <laughs> exit on the palisades at the gas station and make a u-turn and come back over the bridge but i was like i'm putting bets in and before i know it i have like more than i should pending <laughs> and i was like imagine that this is accessible and i don't have to drive a half hour like bro it's gonna be it's gonna be trouble for me so. bro it's gonna be trouble for everybody like mobile sports betting is a night course like we would say it is, it's man. a disaster waiting to happen because think about this <clears throat> i'm watching the games over the weekend and i uh i went three and one on my picks the ones that I gave out on Patreon, but I also I got too I got too reckless, bro. I really thought the Chiefs were gonna blow them out, so I did a parlay: Bills minus two and a half, Packers minus six and a half, Tampa Bay money line, and then I, I hit up my, my my buddy Rick, and I was like, "Yo, I want the alternative spread, alternate spread." He's like, "What?" I was like, "Minus nineteen and a half," <laughs> but it wasn't that crazy mm. on the Chiefs game. Yeah, yeah, I mean. Mahomes. Yeah, it was live for a little while. It was. It was, it was. live. It like was. The Bills weren't doing much, and then like, and then Mahomes went down. And but yo, so how how often are you going into in, in, into Jersey Do every go- Saturday? Every Saturday, and sometimes a couple times a week. <laughs> Some it, when football during the regular season, we would go Monday sometimes because you know I love college basketball, so college basketball is back. They usually have like a good slate Monday nights, um, so I would go after work through the tunnel and either bet Monday night football, bet like prop bets or something, just, you know, anything like you said, to have some action on it. And then like college basketball, I put, put bets in there. So you, you definitely every Saturday, especially when there's a fight card, because I love betting fights. That's like my favorite thing to gamble on these days. And then, uh, sometimes Monday or, you know, if there's something I like during the week, I'll go. You've mentioned, but I try and keep it to Saturdays, like before shit gets out of You've control. mentioned like four or five different days. I know, I know. Well, that's what happens. That's what it comes down to. I'm like, yo, let's go Monday. Thursday will come around. Thursday night football. Like, yo, I like something here too. It's, it's bad. But yeah, m- mostly every Saturday, definitely every Saturday. And then occasionally during the week once. Bro, one of my favorite nights of all time was when me, you, Josh, Danny, and I think Ahmed yeah. went for the Chiefs-Rams game. Yeah, yeah. And I remember, bro, at like halftime, you look at the live line on the over. You're like, bro, we should bet it. And then it goes over again. And then you're like, bro, we should bet it. And then at the end of the game, you're like, we're fucking idiots. We didn't bet it. it the was line like started money. at like 50 or 60. And the in-game line, like final line got to 100 at yeah, one point. Yeah, 103 it got yeah. up to. And you were just like, yo, we should bet it. We should bet it. And then just like hitting the props and whatnot. And I, I'm pretty sure we all lost. But we had a fucking great ass time, yeah, bro. Yeah, yeah. That yeah, shit was, was so lit. So, dude, let me ask you, man. With it, with it, um, becoming legalized, right? So, for those that don't know, mobile sports betting is going to become legal in uh, New York. We can't bet on the apps unless we go into Jersey. How? Uh, I know we were messing around, but like, you think this is a game changer or what? <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, for me, for sure, like. Well, for New Yorkers in general, like we have to pay tolls every time we go over there too. It's like a fifteen dollar expense just like going, you know, <laughs> to lose the, more money <laughs> over the bridges, yeah, and like gas money and all that stuff you factor mm-hmm. in. So yeah, I mean, it, it'd be nice, you know, as long as you could do it responsibly. Which I mean, we we could do it responsibly. Um, you know but, what my favorite thing about doing it on apps like that, DraftKings app, FanDuel app, things along the lines like when you have to deposit money to play. It's way better than having to play on credit, bro. Yeah. We've yeah, dabbled yeah. in the past right. where it's like, oh, you'll pay next week. 
And it's like, it sucks because it, it's basically you have a credit card. Right. And you're like, oh, yo, I have $500 I can spend? Dope. And then Sunday hits and you're minus 500. You're like, right. Time but at bed. least you know it's already taken care of and everything. Where like now it's just like the reason why I like it so much, it's, it's no different than, and I know you've dabbled in the past in DFS. It's like, bro, you have like 100 bucks on your DraftKings DFS account. Put it on a parlay, put it whatever. But the money's already gone. Yeah. Which is dope. That's my favorite thing about it being legalized. Yeah, which is nice to know, too. Like, if it goes, it goes. And like you said, you know how much you put X amount of dollars in. You're like, all right, I lost that amount of money. kind of want to play anymore. Or on the flip side, I've actually withdrawn. And they, I mean, FanDuel, I don't know about any other app. I'm sure it's all like that. But they've set it up where it's easy to access withdrawals now. It's like Venmo. Like, you could get it right to your bank account and shit. It's kind of insane how easy it is, like, Mm -hmm. to... To, you know, transfer money or to deposit or to withdraw. Everything is, like, kind of smooth. The only downside I don't like about the app, which first time this happened to me uh, this weekend, I meant to bet. I was actually driving. I didn't stop at the rest stop, so I had it all on the bet ticket. So I put everything in and shit. I was just going to drive because I didn't want to stop. I was being, I don't know, I was in a rush. I bet the wrong over under. I clicked the wrong thing, and I didn't realize it until I got home, and I was like, Dude, and it wound up not hit like the under. It was in the under in the Bucks game, which was a sweat either if you had <clears throat> over or the under. Yeah, it was like <laughs> yeah. wasn't it fifty three or fifty two? It was fifty two and a half. So if they would have got stopped on third and four when Fournette carried it for a first down, it, the over would have hit, and the wrong bet would have hit. But instead, the right bet that I wanted to make hit, and I lost money because I fucking put the wrong bet in. So that's like that's in my eyes the only disadvantage between like going to the window and doing it on your phone because. On your phone, you have nobody to check you. You know, you're just like, right, right, right. just clicking away and shit. But Whereas, like, when you go to the actual sports book, they'll be like, oh, is this what you want? It's you have to, like, actually say it, too. So, like, oh, I want the under <clears> in that game instead of just clicking a button, you know? And they're like, yeah, like you said, they'll confirm it, too. They'll be like, oh, is this, is this correct or whatever? But, yeah, that's, that's the only problem I've had with TF, and it was yesterday, so. Bro, two years ago, when Cody Parkey missed the field goal, Bears-Eagles, <clears throat> I had that happen where my parents went to FanDuel to put a bet in, and they bet the Eagles to win, and I wanted it at seven and a half. And then I go to uh, check the ticket at halftime, and I'm like, oh my God, why did you guys bet the wrong thing? What the fuck? And dude, it ended up being a bigger payout, obviously, because yeah. it was like plus 280, and then they ended up winning. And bro, I was on my Twitch stream when I saw the field goal get missed. And I was like, he missed it. He missed it. I was so gassed. And my dad was like, yo, that extra money. I was going to say. He's like, yo, we fucked it up, but it worked in your favor. I was like, yeah, that's probably the only time that that's ever going to happen. How, did he ask for a cut? He definitely he asked did, for yeah, a cut. Yeah. Of course. <laughs> I, told, I told him, I was like, yo, the payout was like 1258 whatever it was. I was like, go to if you guys go to Jersey and you cash it out, I was like, you can keep the $58. He's like, no, what? He's like, fuck that. He's like, I'm giving you back a thousand. And that's, he's like, and I'm selling myself short. I was like, all right, man. I was going to say, he placed the bet, even though it was the wrong bet, it wound up hitting for like three times of the value you would have had. Bro. He's definitely taking some of so, that back. So legendary. Did you put any football bets this year? Like from the beginning? Props? Yeah. Season long? Uh, no, I didn't. I don't really like season long. <clears throat> Another downfall to the, to the, non-credit because like it it takes your money you know so it, yeah, it's kind of yeah, like yeah. it holds your you tie your money up into futures and then you have less to gamble with so i fucking love futures bro. yeah actually i put an nba future um the hawks to make the playoffs at pick them okay a few games into the season that's my only future i think i had a i had to actually I take that back i had some futures in nfl now that i'm thinking about it cam newton which missed you missed the game <laughs> well that's why you, yeah, you forgot about them i didn't them. hit any of them <laughs> 
Cam Newton missed on 2,800 passing yards, which wound up coming up to 200 a game. I was like, dude, like, as bad as Cam could be, 200 a game. He needs, like, a couple massive games, and that's it. Yeah, and yeah, he yeah, had yeah. them. Like, week two in Seattle, he had, like, 400 yards. It's like, dude, I'm good for, like, two weeks now. I was covered. Right, right, right. But uh, he wound up flopping big time. And then uh, I had Deshaun Watson on their passing touchdowns. He ne- the line was, like, 26 and a half, I think. He'd never thrown for that in his career, and, of course, he has a career here. <laughs> So, yeah, I like to forget about my futures this year for uh, for football. Dude, that's usually how it goes, man. I love futures, though. Last year, I bet, the, I bet the Chiefs to win the AFC and the Super Bowl. It was like plus 350 and then plus 625 for the Super Bowl. And then it was also, I bet them to play the Eagles and the Saints in the Super Bowl, like the matchup props. This year, I didn't make any bets because I was, like, really thinking about moving out and shit. So, I really didn't play anything. But uh, last year, we were in Miami for Dom's bachelor party. And the Chiefs hit, and I won like nine hundred dollars on the Chiefs winning the AFC because that was nice. the AFC title game. Not nice because I ended up going to eleven, oh. and so long money that I had. I mean, it paid for itself though. It you did. Know? It if did you pay. Gotta for look itself. at it the, on the you know on the good side of things. But yeah, but futures like sometimes they sneak up on you too. Like you said, you didn't get a chance to play them this year because there's so much stuff going on. Same thing like especially now with COVID and the and the seasons, the start times changing like. Our buddy Marco, who you had on for the NBA season preview, he was, he's big into futures, win totals, all that stuff. And I text him. I was like, yo, did you get any NBA futures? And he's like, oh, no, nah, because like, the season just started and <clears throat> kind of like flew over our heads, you know? But but also what they did this year, different from other years, is it's no longer there – were, there were two kind of bets you could make like for win totals. So you could bet, just for example, you could bet the Lakers to win 50 games or you could bet the Lakers win percentage. Okay. Because in the event that, like, I don't know, say they shut down the season again or some shit, like, right. yo, bro, games are getting canceled left and right. Yeah. I think the I think the Wizards the other night or the Mavericks had like seven guys test positive, and they only ran like eight guys on the court. Yeah, yeah. So they did it. That's a way to like pivot around like the COVID restrictions. Right, right. The Sixers did that, didn't they? The With Sixers as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, bro, there's been there's been a bunch of teams yeah. that, that shit has happened. I know. I actually had some of my futures <clears throat> affected by COVID, like the March Madness. Had to get refunded right. and shit. Damn, so. you had to be sick, bro. Because like, was. when I think of March Madness, I think of you. I, I know I was so gonna hit you upset. up and be like, "Yo, you gotta come on the show, you and Alan. Yeah, we could we could shoot the shit." And then of course that happens. I had Dayton at a nice number when they had Obi Toppin. He was Player of the Year. Mm-hmm. I got them like in January. I was like, oh, I was loving that ticket. And then always something. Yeah, dude. With the NBA futures, I was, I pre- I I said on the preview show, I was like Nets Lakers to go to the finals. And it was like 15 to 1. Yeah. And now, of course, they get hardened and it's like the favorite. Especially I was like, say, it's probably like even money oh, now. now it's or horrible. maybe even it's like, like favored. Bro, this is the second time. Last year, I was hyping up the heat. I called Impy, Dunbar, Marco, my buddy Robbie, and, and my friend Chris, all who have been on the podcast. And I was telling them, bro, there's a roadmap that the heat could get to the conference finals avoiding Milwaukee. And it was like 25 to 1, bro, back in like January. Honestly, maybe around this time, dude. And I was like, yo, we could bet that. And then if, if they do make it, to, they were like 50 to 1 to win the finals too. I was like, yo, there's just a roadmap that they could get there and then we could hedge. I know you don't like the hedge. Yeah. But, and then of course they go all the way to the finals. So it's like another missed opportunity. Yeah. Every time I think about missed opportunities in betting, I think of Impy and his, his futures calls. Oh my God. <laughs> Bro, even this year, he was like, yo, Josh Allen, hey, MVP. Hey. He's going to finish like top five What's for up sure. With this dude. This guy's like Mystic Mac. For real, man. Just telling the future on everything. For real. Dude, pay-per-view card. How hyped are you? I'm pretty hyped, actually. 
I mean, I'm not the biggest <clears throat> Conor McGregor fan, but like, there's an aura about him that I don't know. I just get hyped. I mean, I like Khabib. So like last fight, last time he fought, well, two times ago now, but. I was having a little sick matchup, sick matchup. But like this morning, I got in my car at like five in the morning. I put on hypnotize. <laughs> I was like, yo, it's fight week. Like, I was bumping that. I was just getting hyped. I was like, it's something about a Conor McGregor fight week that, even though I'm not, like, I'm a fan. Like, he's he's like a beyond his fighting. He's just like a mega star. Like it's something. Like he has some like this aura to him. So yeah, man. Like I'm pretty pumped, and I'm not even a Conor McGregor fan. And the card is stacked, like, at that, too. The card is stacked. The main card, like, it's worth... <clears throat> what they they bumped the pay-per-view pi- prices up. I think so, yeah. To, like, 70... People were bitching about <clears throat> it, but I was like, yo, not yo. for nothing. Even outside McGregor Poirier, <clears throat> this is a pretty good fight card. I saw a graphic that was, like, for you to buy all the pay-per-views in 2021 and have ESPN Plus came out to, like, 1150 Sickening. That's that's rough. <laughs> that's well, that's why we have viewing parties. Like, we'll all go together. Yeah, yeah, we'll yeah, go we to, do. like, Josh's crib or, or whatnot, and we'll watch it like that. But I love what you said about the aura of Connor, dude, because last time he fought was around this time last year. Yeah, it was. I think it was, like, a year ago to this day. Today, right? Yeah, yeah. Dude, we were in Miami for the bachelor party, and we were at Kiki on the River, and we didn't watch that card with Cowboy, but when Connor fought, bro, we all stopped partying. I'm sure everything like, stopped. We all got on like it was either my phone or Josh's phone, and I legit just put the phone up on like a, a Corona, <laughs> and we're watching it. And it's like, bro, now that I think of it, dude, you're right. Everyone stopped in there, and like they were tuned into. They didn't have the TV on in in. They didn't have the fight on the TV in there. I don't even know if there's TVs in there, but I'll, you saw a lot of people on the phone. Yeah. I was going to say, I'm sure, like, people are just like, yo, what's going on? And Even then if was, they're not, like, watching it on a stream or something. Yeah. There's Twitter, like, fucking bloody, like, you know, someone's yeah, 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 updates. Yeah. Or even on Twitter, you used to be able to find someone be, like, live streaming it from their cell phone so you could get, like, a bootleg version of it. Yeah, be careful. Dana White might come after you I now. Know, I, yo, you know how mad I am about that? I I mean, you, I, I told you about that yeah, website. Yeah, you put me on, Now man. it's gone. And I told Josh. It might have been you. I put you on and then yeah. it was gone in, like, a month. <laughs> damn, son, I'm a jinx. That's <laughs> yo, it might be. I was like, damn, why'd I tell this kid? <laughs> but, bro, um, I don't even know if we should post that. Fuck it. Whatever happens. Um, I, I, I told Josh. I was like, yo, bro, like. We should we should definitely make an effort to like always watch the pay per views and like, cause I'd rather do that you know like what we've done in the past we just get a little viewing party we throw like ten ten twelve bucks whatever yeah. it comes out to, and everyone brings some beers, but I think this weekend man how do you feel about this fight in particular Connor and Dustin because obviously it's a rematch way different from the first time these dudes fought, and yo you think Dustin's getting slept on. I think so. Last time they fought, I mean, it was like kind of a career-altering loss for for Dustin in the sense that that was his last fight at 45. Mm. And like the cuts, even for Connor, like dude, like if you look at Connor at 45, he looks, he looks like sick. A, a shell of himself. Yeah, yeah, he does look sick. Um, but yeah, Dustin moved up to 55, went on a massive run, wound up capturing interim gold against. He beat Max, dude. Like that's we saw Max's performance mm-hmm. this weekend. Like <clears throat> Dustin Poirier just took out Max. Was it I think 18? Or night, it might have been early nineteen in April or whatever it was. He took him out during his prime. Um, Max was still the featherweight champ at the time. Yep. Um, so yeah, man, I think Poirier is being slept on. He's coming off a fight of the year against Dan Hooker. That fight was bananas. Go watch that fight if you want to see a great fight, bro. That um, second round of that fight, round of the year, I think, was the best round I've ever seen. Yeah. Dude. Maybe like that that one Adesanya Gastelum round 
where that, like oh, both yeah. of them got dropped in the same way. You're like, yo, what the fuck? Yeah. But besides that, bro, that round was just crazy. Yeah, dude. And, and dude, even even Poirier's uh, body of work, like he's beaten, he stopped Gaethje, Eddie Alvarez. Obviously, the hooker thing too, going the distance there, beat Max. It's like he lost to Habib, but like <laughs> so has everyone else. Yeah, yeah. So I do feel like Dustin's getting a little a little disrespected in this one, man. Yeah, I agree. The odds, what are the, the line is like I think almost three to one now for Connor. I think it was like really. Two, I think it was two ninety last time I looked. I could be wrong. It's definitely two to one. It's definitely that's I like I would probably bet Dustin just because I think that's a that's a wide wide line like i just think the value is on pori yeah. in that one not necessarily like as a fan i like both of these guys bro there's something about thinking like habib's gonna be there he's he's in abu dhabi yeah right right like there's something about connor beating him beating pori and then just being like where's that russian rat yeah, yeah. and just like going back into it 100%. and then before you, so like from a storyline using the the fantasy booking of wrestling to throw that into the mix like, bro, how can you not want Connor to win this one? Yeah. That's my question to you. Like, how do you feel about that? My only, like, reason why I wouldn't want Connor to win. I mean, I want Connor to win. Connor's great for the sport. Like, Connor wins. Everything is better for the UFC and for MMA fans. Because usually, I mean, you think he wins, you'd see more of him. Like, he said it last year that. The, all, my season. My, yeah, he's having fighting season. He wants multiple fights a year. But he said he would only fight in front of a crowd. Well, that's the thing, man. Like, I don't. I don't fault him for that. Like right. he wants to get his money and he also wants to entertain people. So I do think if COVID didn't happen, we would have saw him a, a I few agree. times. I think so too. But obviously now they're going to have hands there but too. My only, like I said, I was getting to my only worry was like him winning the gold and then not fighting, which is what he did. Well, you know, things happen. Like he fought Floyd and shit, but he's never defended mm. a strap. He That's was double right. champ, but he never defended the featherweight or the lightweight title. But then you look at Khabib, and Khabib fought once in 20, once in 19, I think twice in 18. So he doesn't fight either. That's why I was kind of confused with the Khabib announcement on the pay-per-view when it, when Dana's like, oh, you know, he's going to scope out the scene. He doesn't want to hold up the lightweight division. This dude, dude, I love Khabib. This dude fights once a year. So he right. is, he's always holding up the lightweight division. I mean, you could say there, there's no one there for him, but you have like Charles Oliveira, who who he mentioned in this statement. Um, Mike Chandler's coming in, New Blood. Poirier and McGregor, he's fought. He's beaten them kind of decisively. He got finishes. I love when he uh, when he beat when he beat um, who's is Gaethje, and he he mentions that in like the Russian accent. He's like, "What I wait for? I I choked <laughs> both them out." He's like, "Dustin Connor, I choked them both out." Yeah, it's yeah. like, "Yeah, well, you're right." I feel, but but like you said, like <clears throat> who, why don't you want McGregor to win? You, you you do want McGregor to win. That's that Dana wants that fight. Like everyone in the world wants that fight again. It's just that Khabib has like these these morals and these standards that he says he won't fight him. Like they talked about doing the Ultimate Fighter. He's like, you could sell the UFC to me. I won't fight that guy again. I mean, he disrespected him, you know, a lot. And yeah, his, that, his it, family, his <coughs> religious beliefs and stuff. So it got it got really personal. There. It did. Like, it did. It it comes to a point where like it became uncomfortable as someone that loves that shit too. But it's I like, feel like since then though, Conor hasn't talked like that. I don't know if it's like. You know why? Because he got beat. He, he got, got humbled. humbled, bro. That's true. That's true. But Think like, about it. Remember when? Remember when uh, Nate Diaz beat him the first time? Yo, one of my favorite Conor moments is he's backstage with with Ariel Hawani. He's just like, yo, it sort of like what Max says. It is what it is. I, I take I take wins like a man. I take losses like the man. All we could do is improve. Yeah. He didn't make no excuses. Nothing. 
he made some excuses with the Habib fight saying that his foot was broken. <laughs> but for the most part, like, yeah, obviously. Bro, when you get humbled, that's why. Did you see that shit that happened with uh, Chase Claypool and the Steelers? Like, when, uh, remember they were talking mad shit about the Browns and the Browns beat them. And then Claypool's like on TikTok or some shit. And he's like, they're going to get clapped anyway. It's like, bro, people respect you more if you just take this L. And just move on, bro. Right. It happens all the time. Yeah, yeah. But, like, since then, he's he's got respect for Cowboy, who he fought. And even now, he's like, yo, Dustin's a good fighter. He's like, he might be a great fighter, but it's still levels below me. So, like, I feel like he, there's no ill will. Like, they've, they've been on uh, social media exchanging uh, pleasantries about their, their um, charities, which is mm. pretty cool about don- donating here, donating there. Yeah, I think so Connor said that. he was The Good Fight a, Foundation a, a for Dustin. Yeah, pretty donation. cool, pretty cool. But, like, in the past, that was never Connor's like MO. Was always like, "Yo, fucking Connor, bugging out, going wild and shit," like making himself known that he was there. So, we'll see. What other? Fights? I think so. I, just like touching bait, like going back to that. Like I think Connor and Khabib. Like I think the lead up would go much different. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like I think it'd be more respectful, especially since things have changed with Khabib's personal life and everything. Yeah. Yeah, maybe because also. <clears throat> Now that I think of it, remember when uh, Habib's father passed away, Connor put out that tweet too, like, yo, differences aside, family and all that, like, you know, my, my thoughts and prayers go out yeah. to you. And he still says it, like, <clears throat> I think in his aerial interview, he was always, he says, like, oh, I beat him, I beat him, like, things will go much different, I'm much better now, whatever. He's like, but I still understand, like, there's family reasons and that's why he's not here. He's like, but if he fights, like, <laughs> he's it's like, if he comes back, I, I got no, him. It's like the angel and the devil, right? Yeah, like, yeah. at one point, he's, like, giving you the PC politically correct answers. Right. He's like, yo, fuck that guy. Yeah, yeah, he's a snake. Yeah, in the nicest way possible. Yeah. Dude, what other fights are you excited for this weekend? Um, Calderwood Eye is a good fight. I know that's your that's Jessica friend I, of the yeah, podcast. Yeah, yeah, um, I, I sent her a message before she left. I was like, yo, good luck. Always rooting for you. And then my buddy Mike. Mike actually has a he, he's he's a little nervous this week. Lazy to Savage because Kies is fighting on Wednesday. Yes, and that's like one of his like ride or dies. And then he got Jessica I over the Damn. weekend. So he's like, "Yo, bro, I'm mad stressed out." He's like, "Yo, I'm just drinking and smoking bad weed right now." <laughs> I was gonna say, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that that I Calderwood fight is kind of interesting because Calderwood was shit. shit she could have sat out. I forgot who pulled out on her. I think someone. She had a number one contender fight. Or maybe Val might have pulled out. And she's like, yo, I want to fight. Val I think out. Val pulled out yeah. on her. And she's like, yo, I want to fight. I want to fight. So she fought. Um, Jennifer Maya. Jennifer Maya and got subbed. And then she, she like, passed out in the back after that. It was, like, some weird, I guess, weight cut maybe related issue. She had some health scares. Um, so she's coming back. She was the number one contender. I was former title challenger. Mm-hmm. So the 25th division, like, is, is wide open in the women's side. I mean, you have Valentina, who's the cream of the crop. And I don't think anyone's beating her. But... It's always like interesting to see who's the next challenger, and since Calderwood hasn't fought her yet, it'd be interesting to see, you know, what happens in that matchup. And then you have like Hebas is fighting Marina Rodriguez, who's just took her first L to Esparza. So the women have some, they're both on the main card, and I think for good reason. Like those are two interesting women's fights where you have Hebas, who's like the up and comer, like subbed uh, Paige Van Zandt. Yeah, and they love her too. Like her personality. That's what I'm saying. Like, like she's like she's could very be the next marketable woman yeah, yeah, superstar. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, those are two interesting fights, in my opinion. Then you have the co-main, obviously, Michael Chandler debuting. Like, there's so many good stories on this card, which is why, at the jump, I said, this card might be worth the $75 right, right, outside right. of the McGregor fight. Dude, how do you feel about Chandler? Because I feel as if <clears throat> there's some studs in Bellator. Yeah, there are. I was on the flight back from Vegas with uh, Douglas Lima. Wow, yeah. Bro, That's so, a goat in Bellator. Dude, so... Goat in MMA. <clears throat> forget Bellator. So, we're waiting to board our flights, and... um. 
the the TSA. Mind you, this is March of last year, so March 2020. COVID hasn't hit. No one's wearing. I think like two people were wearing a mask, but it was you know I just went to T-Mobile and it was fucking packed, packed out. out. So uh, we're waiting over there, and and we both get co- like they you know when they're like oh zone six yeah, yeah. sorry so we both go up and then like we're kind of just like next to each other i'm like bro i know who this fucking guy is i just know like i've seen him before and then he got the cauliflower ears and shit and then the announcer goes oh well uh someone by the name of douglas lima come up to the board and i'm like oh the fucking bellator <laughs> motherfucker so he goes and then he comes back and uh like his bag had tipped over and then i just picked up his bag and um he was just like, oh, thank-. he's like, thanks, buddy. I was like, yo, man. I was like, I think you're the best 170 in the world. He goes, I am. Right? <laughs> and then uh, we went, we we like got on the flight and he's like, oh, well, what are you here for? I was like, yo, I do a show, this and that. And I know some people, I mentioned Jared. And uh, he mentioned someone that uh, Douglas Lima trains with, that trains with Jared also. I, I'd be lying to you if I told you what the name was. And then uh, I was like, yo, uh, health and wealth, man, moving forward. Uh, Keep up. I'm a big fan. It's then, funny now because his brother, Diego, <clears throat> is fighting Jared's best friend, Bilal. Right. Mohammed, right. Coming crazy, up. Yeah, crazy. yeah. So uh, um, the reason why I bring that up is because like Douglas Lima is a fucking savage. And I think he's one of the best 170s in 100%. the world. Like Chandler coming in. How do you feel about that? Because like, first of all, Hooker's a stud also. Like you're not getting thrown. I, I wish Felder would have got this fight with Chandler. Yeah. He was pushing for he it. He was, too. yeah. It made sense because like Felder's at a point in his career where he's fantastic on commentary. And also like he wants fights that mean something. If it's not a title fight, he wants it to be something important. So how do you feel about Chandler, bro? Cause I could see it where it might be. Like this is a big step up in competition, bro. Like Hooker is Hooker's on the cusp to, to being a title challenger, I think. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And when you talk I mean, to me anyway, like if you ask me my favorite division in the UFC, it's fifty five, because I think it's so stacked. Like one to eight, one to ten is so deep. Everyone could be a that champion. Every fight is a good fight and like <clears throat> Any fight is a possible number one contender fight with a great win, you know, with like a stunning performance. You know what's crazy? We love heavyweights and big guys, but 135, 145, and 155 right now is fucking gangster. Even bro. 25, Moreno and Figueroa had like fight of the year, arguably. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. But um, just going back, like Chandler, I mean, I think Chandler's the goods. Like, I think he's a top eight guy, you know, easily in the UFC. But it'll be interesting. Like, Dan Hooker's a stiff test to open it up. And, and I don't know if you saw his interview with Ariel where he's like, he had a fight of the year, and he's like, yo, I wasn't impressed with my performance. He's like, there's technical things I could have done different, you know, whatever. So he's coming back off that fight, you know, with renewed confidence. And, like, he's trying to fix things up technically. And that might be bad news for Chandler. I, th- I saw the odds were a pick him to open up. And uh, I kind of agree with that because, like you said, Michael Chandler is an unknown. He's fought some some great fighters. I think he's fought Benson in uh, UFC. But Benson's, you know, kind of – older now and over the hill yeah it's not but, the but he has some we, good wins in, in bellator yeah, yeah. i can't think of any off the top of my head i'm forgetting off the top of my head but he has that wrestling pedigree to him obviously he's all american at missouri um and he trains with jared and henry hooft so he has a great a striking coach it's gonna be a great fight i'm i'm kind of pissed it's only three rounds because mm. we just saw hooker go five hooker's gone five in the past too well, with Felder, with Felder and then with Poirier. Right, right. So he has that five-round experience, which might help him in a three-round fight because his last two were, were those. Right. So it'll be interesting to see how that plays out with Hooker, if he goes for it more or whatnot. 
Um, but I, I like it. I, I think it's a good fight for Chandler for to welcome him to the UFC. I think, I mean, it's sad because I love Ferg too, but like, I think this version of Ferg that we see now, I think Chandler would have picked the part. Um, Felder would have been a great fight. I would have loved that fight. But yeah, I mean, I can't think of many other bookings I would have gave Chandler than Hooker. Hooker, Felder, maybe Gaethje, but Gaethje was lined up for the title when he went mm-hmm. in to be a backup. So yeah, I love this fight, man. It's going to be a great fight. All right, we got a new sponsor, and yo, I'm not even trying to exaggerate. I'm so happy that this is a sponsor. If you guys listen to the Patreon betting exclusives, you guys know I mention the Action Network every single time that we're doing the bets. That's why I archive my picks. I'm a big fan of this website. I know some folks over there. It is super duper popping. And I love it. And that wasn't part of the ad read. So hopefully I don't get in trouble. I just want you guys to know that this shit is so fire. And I use it all the time. The members of the Patreon can vouch that we reference it. It archives all our picks, the whole nine. So listen up, folks. The Super Bowl is coming up. And sure, we'll be watching the game. But the best way to celebrate the biggest day in football is to bet on the game. Duh. And we want to let you know about a great resource for sports bettors. The Action Network. The Action Network is where sports fans go bet smarter and experience real financial gains. In fact, their Action Network app was recently named the best app in sports betting. And with an Action Network Pro subscription, you can unlock the very best of the app. When you sign up for an Action Network Pro subscription, you, number one, can access the Pro Report, which includes expert projections for every game across all the professional leagues. You can see money and bet percentages on every single game so you can see what teams professional gamblers are betting on and who the Joes are on. You can take advantage of the pro systems which match winning historical betting trends with the latest games and lines. And you can track every bet you make and get alerts in real time. That's what I use so we can always reference like, yo, how good was my record in 2018, 19, and then this past season? You know what I'm saying? So if you're looking to bet smarter, an Action Network Pro subscription is the best way to get started. For a limited time, our listeners can receive 50% off an annual pro subscription. Just go to actionnetwork.com now and receive a 50% off annual subscription when you use the code... VM, baby. Custom code, brother, brother. This offer won't last, so go to actionnetwork.com to sign up for a pro subscription and use the promo code VM to receive a 50% off bonus and start betting smarter today. Yeah, I'm excited for it. it, it there's a lot of unknown, I feel like, with, with Chandler. At least, at least for me. Because I, I don't know. Like I, I think... There's levels to this, man. And with Bellator signing Rumble and, like, Yoel, it's like maybe Rumble could still be a force in the UFC. But, like, Romero at this point is just, like, there's an aura to Romero. Yeah, Romero's still a top. <laughs> Romero's the scariest person, at, like, walking the planet right now. Might so be, yeah. Easy how you speak. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I'm kind of thinking about Romero right now coming to check me. Dude, I just see Romero, like, in that interview taking his glass. I was like, go. Go, yeah. Go with veins dehydrated, Pop. <laughs> I was I was listening to uh Joey Diaz one time. He was talking about Romero. He's like, Man, he's like these Cuban guys. He's like, What do you say he is? He, he, at the time when the, the podcast is going, he's like, 
what these Cuban guys say that he's 38. He's like, he might be lying to you, bro. He might be 24. He's like, in Cuba, they tell you, yeah, how old do you want to be? 27? <laughs> there you go. You're 27 now. But, yo, I think I, I'm, I'm really curious about that because I think that's going to open up a lot of things. If Chandler could win or, like, finish Hooker, who's a tough dude, like, I think off the top of my head, last time Hooker got finished was to Barbosa. Might be. Yeah. Remember it was like and, that, that and, leg kick fiasco right, between right. the two of them? And Hooker like <clears throat> was the last one to be Burns. Mm-hmm. But I was at 55. And now Burns is challenging for the strap. Like Hooker's got some great wins too. He finished James Vick, who's gone now, but at the time it was a great win. Yo, Hooker's Hooker's a problem, man. Yo, how do you feel about UFC heading into 2021? Like what what give give me a fight or a storyline that you're excited for? There's just so much. Like we just started with Max Holloway kicking off the year. And oh my like, god! How do you not even bring that up? Yeah, bro, whoa, that was fucking crazy. That was insane. Like that was a one-sided, <clears throat> legit one-sided. Yo, it was four ten eight rounds. I don't know. It was a fifty forty two on there. There was a fifty forty two and, and two. Like, oh my god! But the fact that it was a one-sided performance and like and also you couldn't t- turn away because it was like it yeah, was such it a was, good fight. Like and, and also like. Calvin Cater is not a scrub. This is a dude who's he's a dude, legit contender, seen, man. We saw Cater at two twenty knock out Burgos, dude. After losing <clears> two rounds, like that dude was never is never out of a fight. Right, ever. right, right. Even there's a beat fight. He lost the first two rounds. He washed him in the third round. He just lost two one. But yeah, man. So I'm excited about that. Like the featherweight, we got that just got booked. Uh, Volkanovski Ortega. Mm. So that's gonna be a good fight for Ortega. And that's another guy. Like Ortega came off that beating from Max. I mean, there was other reasons why he took like a year off, but he came back and looked brilliant against Zombie, and now he's got the title fight. So featherweight going forward is is interesting because I think Max has to get the winner of that fight, even if even if he's zero two against Volkanovski, the last one being controversial. Mm. You got to book Max for that title fight coming off this performance. But yeah, even other fights like you got John Jones moving up to heavyweight. There's a lot of exciting things. Ngannou's going to fight for the strap eventually. Knock on wood. Um, there's so much like who knows like. Khabib said he's not done yet. With we'll see what happens this weekend. McGregor's back. There's so much excitement. One seventy two, I think, is interesting too, man. Usman against Burns, and finally then booked. You probably do Colby and Mazadal. That storyline is gonna be crazy. That's, that's amazing. I really want to see Mazadal in a full camp, man. Go up against Usman because, yo, he took that fight on six days, and like, who knows what would have happened, man, on a full camp? Yeah, you know? yeah. like that's. Dude, 170 is exciting as hell. You just got Wonder Boy coming off that big win against Jeff Neal. And then you have Chimaev again rebooked and Leon Edwards. So, dude. Leon, who hasn't fought in two years. I know. But there's so much, like, good stuff, man. There's so many exciting fights. Like, in the first quarter, you have Aljo Yan. Like, there's so many. Yeah. Bro, I could sit here for the rest of this podcast and just list fights that are booked or in the works that I'm excited about. It's going to be, like, an amazing first quarter for UFC fans, I think, and for fights in general. Yo, you mentioned Ortega, and we've been talking about Max. How bad was me not coming to to Toronto to see that card when you guys went? (laughs) And Val fought on that card. Val, Oana. Oh, my God. Val's your lady, too, man. I don't, I don't even know what you were doing at that time. But yeah, whatever really, it was, I can't think it was a good excuse for <laughs> missing out. Yeah, my favorite thing that you do sometimes when, when like someone does or says something really stupid, you're just like, yo, that's horrible. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it, it was it was you, Eric, Marco. Marco's brother, Ruben, who's big UFC, and his friend. 
you guys went to Toronto for Max Ortega. Max 231, yeah. And then, oh, yo, you guys also went the next day to Raptors Bucks, which ended up being the conference finals that year. Yo, Greek Freak, too. Yo, what were you doing? <laughs> what were you doing that weekend? Yeah. I don't even remember. I don't want to remember. <laughs> First of all, I love the UFC. I love Toronto. I know. So it's like And a- the Greek Freak was playing, too. Dude, that was such a legendary like. We went there for like four, two days, a couple of days. It was sick, that's man. a that's that's bad. That's also that's that's almost as bad as me deciding to go to the NYPD FDNY hockey game as opposed to going to oh, KT Barbosa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> a lot of head scratches on your part. That was like around the same time. Too. And I then, think it was four months later. Yeah, and then I end up going to Vegas for Adesanya Romero, which is like way more money and way further away. Like, right, right. I don't really do many. Smart decisions, man. I don't know. But like, it's funny too because you're a staple, and like, whenever, whenever we go to UFC events, you're like a staple. Yeah, I'm part of that group. group. Yeah, yeah, that, like, that's our squad when we go. Yeah, yeah. When do you think we're gonna be able to go again? I don't know, man. I mean, it's nice, <clears throat> pretty cool. To see, we saw fans this weekend, and we're gonna see yeah, fans yeah, like yeah. the next couple of fights. Um, hopefully, towards the end of the year, maybe. I mean, as soon as possible, I'd love to go. I mean, now with some of these connects, I was texting you and Eric. I was like, yo, I can't wait till we could go to Vegas. Dude, and fights, like, I don't know. I mean, I'll speak for myself, but, like, Mm. they're my favorite event to go to. It's my. It's become my favorite sporting event to go to. It's the biggest bang for your buck in in sense of, like, it's... About to turn up your microphone. (laughs) You can get in there at, like, 5 o'clock is first bell or 6 o'clock, and you're not leaving there till midnight. The thing is, you got to bring a lot of bucks if you're drinking and, like, foods and stuff, but... You never miss a fight because there's breaks in between fights. You use the you bathroom. Can, you can go you use the bathroom, food. get beers, get food with no worry. Like, oh, my God, they're about to tip off. Right. Yeah. Dude, it's, it's it's amazing. That's why I love it so much. <clears throat> I'm not doing anything anyway from that seven-hour span. Even if I'm home, I'm, like, I'm, I'm either at the bar. I'm, I'm watching all the fights. Like, I know you spoke about that in the past. Like, yo, you don't know the last time you missed a fight card? Never Like, a fight, bro. A we fight. don't miss yeah, any I fights. Watch, oh, yeah. like, we watch the fight cards through. So, yeah, man. Like, I, I love it. And like, when we went to Toronto... It's funny. I was drinking and shit, and we were having a good time. And like I was betting the people behind me. It was like a bunch of dudes, or whatever. And I had American money to the, like their Canadian dollar, <laughs> and the, the, I was so drunk that the American dollars like worth so much more yeah. than Canadian. So I lost like a hundred bucks. I was like, <laughs> I was like, yo, hundreds, you're a hundred. And he's like, yo, he's like, well, but the difference. I was like, I don't care. It's fucking. Like, <laughs> that's way too much to calculate right now. So then he let me pick a double or nothing. I took Max over or take it, and we want to break it even. But it was it's just like a good time. And Toronto's a sick ass like crowd because they're in there from the opening bell. The arena mm-hmm. was filled, and like I, you don't really see that in you the don't, states. Dude, when I went when I went to Vegas, it didn't get. It was like especially Vegas. I would say fifty percent capacity up until the main card started. Yeah, bro. Man. They turned off the lights. They showed the promo package, and it was as if like. You, you remember back in the day when, like, The Undertaker would come out yeah. and out of nowhere he'd just be in the ring? It's like they turned off the lights. They showed the three, four-minute promo package of uh, Adesanya Romero and all the card, all the fights that were on that card. And before you know it, it's like, yo, where the fuck did all these people show up? Yeah, yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, but that, like, Canada, I mean, I've been to, we've been to a ton of fights, fight cards. And even, like, when I went to Philly for Gaethje, even 244, was it wasn't filled at the jump. Remember mm. uh, the opening card, the BMF title fight? But yeah, man, something about like Canada, like they're known for being like a good fight crowd, and and it definitely lived up to the bill. Like it was, it was sick from opening bell to the main event. It was awesome. I mean, I'm sorry, I keep going. Yeah, we about should it. we yeah. should change the conversation. Yeah, <laughs> dude, I think uh, Max coming off that performance, going up against um, 
uh, what did he just fight? Why am I blanking? Cater. Oh, Cater, right? Okay, he has a win over Ortega. I think he beat Volkanovski in that second fight. You? Nah, I mean, I, it's hard to disagree with that. Okay, I, so, I scored it for Max as well. So, so I have this question and this dilemma because ever since I moved into my own place, I don't have cable. So I watch a lot of YouTube, a lot of like old fight cards, like when I'm bored and shit. And for the most part, like I got all the apps that I need, Netflix and Amazon and all that shit. Dude, I've been watching old fights again, like years later. So like I watched Nate Connor too. I don't know if I agree with Connor winning that one. When you like remove the hype, right? I went back and I watched Valentina because you know I love Val against Nunez, the second one. Bro, I feel like Valentina won that fight. And she's in the press conference. She's in the octagon. She's like, no damage. No damage. Like, what'd she do? She just kicked me? Like, she's like, nah, I won that fight. My question to you, and I've been sitting on this, and when I knew you were going to come on, I wanted to pick your brain about this. Max is 0-2 against Volkanovski. Valentina's 0-2 against Nunez. Why can't we run those fights back despite them being 0-2? Yeah. No, I agree. And and arguably, they're the most intriguing fights for the losers, you know? They're the most intriguing. They're the ones that pose the, I would say, the biggest threat to the title holder. Right. And you can make a legitimate case that the series should be 1-1 between them. Yeah. Oh, for sure. And like I was saying, like Max, his most intriguing fight has got to be the title fight next, right? Because you have – who's behind them? You have Zabit and Yair who were probably – Who's Zabit? Like where the f- – yeah, Dylan was talking about – he's like, yo, where is he? Is he in a mountain somewhere? Like where the fuck is – He's supposed to fight Yair who can't show up for a USADA test, but yeah. that's another Yeah, I met Yair in, in Vegas. We were online together. Yeah, he's like 5'7". Yeah, yeah. Mad skinny. <laughs> I'm like, bro, you should be fighting at like 135, let alone 145. <laughs> he's like, gracias, amigo. <laughs> and then you have Ortega fighting for the title. So it's like, <laughs> there's not really much for Max. He just fought the number six guy because like, he's the only <laughs> one available. And Max is Max. Like he, his, It seems like, oh, I don't know, it could have been his mentality all along. Like, he'll fight any comers. You know? He wants the toughest fights, he said. And, and that's the toughest fight for him, man. It's just like winner of that title fight, whether it's Volkanovski and they're 0-2. And they run the trilogy, or I mean, who else? Or if Ortega wins, and he it was a one-sided affair then too. Like that's he's got to fight for the belt coming off this performance. And if you look at Valentina and Nunez, like Valentina, we just talked about how I and Calderwood is a great fight for twenty-five for to see you know, mm-hmm. a possible number one contender on this coming pay-per-view. But Valentina, if you give me Valentina versus winner of that, I'm taking Valentina, and the the line is going to be like nine to one in her favor. You know, so it's like. The only intriguing fight for Val, it's not at 25, it's at 35 for with Nunez. And it's just like she lost or she lost her first two bouts. And like you mm-hmm. said, you could argue it could be one one. But what else is there? And those are big, big, big fights. Mm-hmm. Those are super fights. So I'm sure Dana like wants to do that. But we'll see, man. I, I think you have to do that. Like I think those are the only fights that make sense for both those those fighters. And those fighters are goats at their division. Like Valentina. Hasn't lost that 25. That division was made for her. And right, right, right. I don't see her losing anytime soon. And Max, he's lost to Volkanovski, but like, where else is he losing? And, and also, like, questionable losses. Right, right. Where we're sitting here being like, yo, I kind of think Max won that. Yeah. And Max has, like, he beat Aldo twice. He beat the GO twice, you know? So it's like, dude, Max deserves any fight I think that he wants at this career, at this point in his career. And if it's Volk 3, like, you got to run that. Same with Shevchenko. Like, 
Shevchenko's dominating 25. Like, what else is there for her? It's It's got to be Nunes at 35. And if Nunes wants to be done, I think that should be her, like, retirement fight. Like, win or lose, like, you know, you could walk away because she's – She's the go-to at 35. Yeah, she's like, I'm not even trying to slight Nunez. Nunez is... Yeah, yeah, There's yeah, no yeah. one for her at 35 exactly. either. So that's, that's the, the only fight yeah, that yeah. makes sense. Yo, I think, bro, and this is uh, probably my strongest UFC take I have, and I would love to hear your thoughts on this one. I don't know if I've told you this before, but I think Valentina Shevchenko is the most dominant champion in her division of all time. And when you factor in, when you factor in us two being degenerates... How wide the line is in her favor, like bro, it's not even close. You're talking about she's like minus nine hundred, minus seven fifty, minus fifteen hundred. Meaning, you got to put up her last fight. She was minus twelve hundred. You have to put up twelve hundred dollars to win a hundred on her. It got so bad. She's sorry. It, she's so dominant that she lost that like one round. I think to Maya, and everyone's like, "What the?" And then she just dominated her yeah, the rest yeah. of the way. Where like you look at you look at Habib, right? Minus 185 against Gaethje. You look at John Jones. Minus like 200 against Gustafsson. Or like minus 175 against Cormier. You look at Stipe. He was an underdog to DC in one of those fights. Even Nunez. Nunez cyborg and shit. Like Nunez against uh, Felicia Spencer. She was like minus 600. But like, yo, you're looking at Valentina, bro. She's like... Bro, put 10k to win a thousand because it's a sure thing. Yeah, and Ve- yeah, Vegas isn't giving her opponents any Hell shot no, anytime bro. she fights. No, nah, I mean, I mean, that's I probably have to agree with that because what other champion in the UFC? I mean, Usman. I think Usman has the best shot at maybe dominating a division for you know an extended period of time. Do you think? But, do you think it has to do with? You're right on that because I, I think for as much as I like Jorge Masvidal. I think Usman's going to be on a title reign for a, for a little bit. Yeah. and But Burns is a great challenge, too. Burns is a great challenge, especially because they know each other. Right. They used to be training partners. But my my question to you is, or, or just like your thoughts, like, dude, why is it that, like, Usman, right? Is it that, that the Valentina's so dominant from, like, herself to the number one contender? Is the, is the gap so wide where it discredits her? Whereas, like, Usman, like, Burns, you could see it. Colby, you could see it. Mazadal, you could see it. Maybe Leon Edwards, you could see it. Who knows about Chamayev, how, like, legit he is. Like, I still want to see him. Like, sure. no, no offense to GM3, but, like, I want to see you against Leon Edwards. I agree. So, like, do you think it's it's Usman is not as dominant because of his division being so stacked? Where, like, Valentina, my case of her being the most dominant champion is because... She's just head and shoulders better than everyone else. Yeah, no, I agree with you. But I like Usman. He's a wrestler, right? And, he, and he's a great wrestler. But you know his striking is there, but it was like developed later in his career. Whereas Valentina is like a great kickboxer, and her her all her skill sets are like so well rounded and so far advanced than everyone in that division that I don't think anyone has a shot against her. Whereas Usman, you know, we haven't seen it yet. Obviously, he's he's unbeaten, <clears throat> but like. Can he be knocked out? You know, can he be subbed by, you know, a jujitsu ace and Gilbert Burns? Like, we don't know. They've had battles in the gym, I'm sure, millions and millions of times. So we'll see it play out in the cage. But I think there's there's no answer for Valentina. Like, there's no, nothing at 25 at least. Like, obviously, Nunez is, is, is her kryptonite as of right, now. Right, right, right. But, like, in her division at 25, it's a new division, sure. It's, it's only a couple years old. 
But there's nothing there for her from like this current generation. Maybe in like, you know, maybe right now there's could be like a younger girl in the gym at like 13, 14 working their way up. <clears throat> but if you talk like right now and for the next two to three, four years, nah, like she's she's head and shoulders above everyone else. But I'm not sure you can say mm-hmm. Usman. I think Usman is better than everyone else, but head and shoulders, I don't think he's head and shoulders above everyone else. Do you watch fights sometimes and you're just saying to yourself like, Yo, this person can never contend for a belt. Why? Who are you thinking of? I'm just saying, like, like in general, like when I watch 125ers in the women's division, I'm like, no one could touch Valentina. Yeah, yeah. Like up and comers. I'm just like, it's quiet, man. Like I'm not even going to get my hopes up or even think about it. But like I look at some some people like Chamaya might be a guy who could you could definitely see it, especially when he's fighting at 170, but he's flatlining people at 185. Yeah. So, like, do you watch fights like that? Like, sometimes I'll be watching, like, over, over the weekend, you had uh, uh, Philippe and uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Tafa. It's yeah. like, y'all are never going to win a title. And that was a f- great fight. Like, uh, yeah. Fight it, of the night. It, it was. was yeah, it was a banger. Heavyweights, especially with, like, heavyweights is weird, right? It's either a, a snooze fest yeah. or it's a knockout on the first round. So, but that was a three-round banger. But it yeah, was. I see what you're saying. Like, yo, like, like you can't see those guys beating a Francis nah, or a Steve no ever or, no or even a Curtis Blades. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Do you feel that way when you watch fights? Um, yeah, but I, like I'm not thinking about it. But like if I look back at it, of course I'll be like, yo, because they put on like arguably fight of the night if it wasn't for Max Cater, you know. And it, and it's just like, yes, this was an amazing fight. And I, I rewatched that fight, of course. Like I, I would definitely rewatch that fight, especially. I would tell friends about that fight. Like, yo, watch this UFC fight. It was a fucking amazing fight. Right, right, right. But do they have the skill set to beat, like, the cream of the crop? Nah, it's it's not happening. But I'll enjoy it for what it is, you know? Like, I'll watch, like we watch every fight for a reason. Like, it's it's good. You get to see, like, I mean, they could crack top 15 because heavyweight is a crapshoot. You know what I'm That's saying? That's true. But Yeah, well, maybe heavyweight was a bad example. But, right. yeah, the concept remains. Yeah, no, I agree with you. But, like, you could argue, like, guys, they'll be great and they could make a run. But will they win the title for whoever's at the top of the time you know there's obviously guys like you know i don't think he has a shot but he's exciting like you know i I love exciting fights too so i'll watch any fighter that's exciting but yeah no i agree with you i think there's some fighters you see obviously and you're like he could be great i don't know if he's worthy of a championship all right we've spent a lot of time on ufc like you said before in passing we'd probably spend another three hours if we really wanted to percent Maybe in the future we could dedicate a couple hours to UFC. Maybe get Eric in here and Dylan. We were talking about one time with Dylan how, uh, remember the Curtis, uh, not Curtis, the Cormier and Derek Lewis fight where you're like, yo, he has a puncher's chance. And like Dylan was like adamant, like, yo, boss knows so much about UFC. Why is he falling into this? I know, I've heard it. I think he said that on the podcast. Yeah, he right? said it on the podcast. Yeah, yeah. He's like, I hate how people <laughs> get it. He was throwing like, mad subs at you, bro. I knew it. I felt it. I felt it. Yeah, I want to talk a little bit about. Um, the AFC NFC title games, but more so the Super Bowl. And uh, I came up with this idea, this segment of I don't want to necessarily break down what the games are going to be like this weekend coming up, but <clears throat> thinking long term, thinking Super Bowl, there's four potential matchups in the Super Bowl, boss. We got Bills, Bucks, Bills, Packers, Chiefs, Packers, <clears throat> Chiefs, Bucks, Snake Draft. Not even snake draft. Which one do you think is the most compelling potential Super Bowl matchup and why? I just, for star power alone, I think it's Chiefs Bucks. 
Wow. Okay. Yeah, I really do. I mean, listen, the Packers, they have Devontae Adams, and they have Aaron Jones, who's who's not even like a household name, but he's great. Like, I love Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones should be a household name, but I don't think he is, Mm -hmm. you know, for like the the common fan. But on the Bucks, you got Tom Brady, who everybody knows. You have Mike Evans, who might not be – I mean, he's kind of household. He's been around. He's been a very solid – yeah. You have Antonio Brown, who – you know, you might not have heard that name in two years if you haven't watched football, but you know that name because he was the best for how long? Chris Godwin. You have Leonard Fournette was a top pick. Not really a household name, but there's so much like... Gronk. Gronk. Everyone yeah, knows who yeah, Rob yeah, Gronkowski yeah. is. The Spike. You know, everyone knows who he is. And it's just like, just that that side of the ball alone. Like, you go to the, the defensive side, and there's names there too. Dominican Sue, mm-hmm. right? They got... They got JPP, JPP. White, a linebacker with Levante David too. Yeah, I yeah, see, I see like they have saying. a ton of names, right? So I think that would be the top dog for me in terms of ma- like not in terms of matchups, just for like interest. I think yeah, I'm to- that's what I that would-, would generate. I think the most buzz out of out of the poss- four possible scenarios, the best game would be probably Packers Packers Chiefs. Mm-hmm. But I think like the most buzz would be Bucks Chiefs. I'm glad you said buzz because that's what I wanted this question to be about. Like, I'm talking about, like, you know, we're going to have two weeks off between AFC title, NFC title game, and then the Super Bowl. Like, I'm thinking storylines and, like, even segments on the show and shit. So you say Bucks and Chiefs. Chiefs, I don't even got. I didn't even talk about the Chiefs, but you know the Chiefs, right? Right, right, right. Defending greatest quarterback in the league right now, Patrick Mahomes. We got Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey. I mean, there's names up and down that board if you want to go there. Tyron Matthew, you know, there's so many legends on that on that team. I wanna I, I might surprise you with this one. Bills, Bucks. Think about I this, mean, bro. Think about this. Bills get to the Super Bowl. First of all, let's go. Let's the go amount back. of tables that will be shattered. Oh, and I, don't yo, think, I don't think Buffalo as a city will be standing at. Bro, I was telling I was telling uh my college roommates and like my college buddies from Buffalo, I was like Bro, if they go to the Super Bowl, we have to go to Buffalo. <laughs> like, we just got to be in the city, son. Yeah, it's yeah. going to be crazy. Nah. I don't so, think you'll be able to get in the city. Yeah, <laughs> you might not be able to. So, think about this, right? Let's go back to the start of the year. Bills fans are all hyped. Yo, Brady's out of the division. Let's go. This is our shit now. It's coming through us. They go on and they win the division. They get to the Super Bowl. Who's waiting for them? The guy that's been gangbanging them for fucking 20 years. That would be wild. That would son. be wild. That would be so wild. No, I didn't even think of that. Yo, you, you're gonna be a Bills fan. You're gonna be hyped because I think I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure, and if you can, because I don't have my phone, can you just check what games are on first? Okay. But imagine I thought you were gonna like, ask me for Brady's record against the Bills because Brady beat the Bills. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Every fucking yeah, time. Yeah. No, but like I don't know which game is first, but just imagine like you're a Bills fan and say the Bills Chiefs game is first, and then you win and you're hyped. And then you're watching that game and you're like, it's second. But it's second? Yeah. Uh, oh, so even better, even better. You'll right? know. You're watching that You'll first know. game and you're like, oh my God, we might play Brady. And then you're hyped that you you won the game to go to the Super Bowl. And then you're like, fuck, yo, we got to play that motherfucker again. Yo, Brady, my roommates were big Bills fans. I went to a Bills Jets game and it's fucking nuts. Like, that wasn't even a good game. And they, and they were out there at seven in the I morning went to the drinking worst. tables funnels everything was out yo funnels from tops of vans like 
Yo, it was the most insane tailgate. We were tailgating like the the woods too. It was like a mud pile. It was insane. I was like, Yo, oh yeah, the Ralph. Am I at a football game or am I like in the backwoods right now? I was like, Yo, what's going the, on? The Ralph is like in the middle of nowhere. It's yeah. just in an open. Dude, route. how many how many uh, houses use their their uh, driveways as parking? Yeah, lots? for trailers and shit. Yeah, 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 it's pretty cool, man. Bro, I went to a Browns Bills game in 2009. You guys could go and look this up, boss. I swear on our friendship. I think they had like. 27 punts <laughs> both teams it was like a 6-3 or 9-6 game it was yeah. it was horrible bro just punts punts every time it's like oh my god it's like a it's like a terrible psal high school football <laughs> game. the jet game i went to was no better i mean the jets got smacked geno smith was quarterback mm. oh my god i forgot i don't even know who was playing for them it might have been tyrod but oh my god bro every time the bills scored it felt like every fucking drive they were scoring i was getting my hat like Smacked off my head and shit. I was like, yeah, I can't even do anything right now. We're playing like shit. Yo, Gino a, Smith is garbage. I was like, what's going on? As a, as a Jet fan, who would you be rooting for if it's Bucks Bills? The Bucks. Oh, which is funny because, <clears throat> like, watching Tom Brady now, I don't hate it as much because <laughs> it's not my division rival. So I can appreciate, you know, I'm not rooting for him, but it's like kind of cool that I don't have to root against him, you know? So I would root for the Bucks. I don't want the Bills to win at all. Especially when their timeline was similar to the Jets. When they were so bad and they kind of turned around way faster than the Jets. Got a quarterback in mad, the same draft. You know how mad I was when, when there was a possibility of a Browns-Bills AFC title game? We Why? all picked a quarterback Oh, that my year. God. Bro, yeah. I'm just like, like uh, it's, I don't want to talk about the Jets because it's not <laughs> it's not about them. But <laughs> are, are, are we being rude to Packers-Chiefs, bro? Nah. I think those are the two best teams. It's probably the most likely matchup. It's the favorite right. to be the matchup. Right. Yeah, yeah. No, I don't think so. I think we're being rude to the Bills, if anything. Mm. I mean, well, I am anyway. You know, I'm kind of not giving them a chance. But we'll see what, what Mahomes is like. Supposedly, he's he's progressing well. He's in protocols and shit. I, I think he'll be there. Yeah, yeah. I'll be. It didn't look pretty, though. It didn't, bro. Yo, that's another thing, dude. Didn't he look like a, a fighter getting knocked out? Yeah, yeah. It's like, I get it. Concussion protocol, I get it. But something when it's like that, bro, I don't even need a concussion protocol for yeah, that. Yeah, I agree. Was it Romo who was on the call? I don't know. No. Yeah, it was Romo and Nance. It was, right? Because they were talking. I also, it's also like not good when, because Nance was saying that too. He's like, ah, you know, we're not going to see Mahomes. Yeah, we're not. We should, he's like, if that's not a concussion, I don't know what is. Yeah, exactly. That was Romo it. was like blowing it off because I feel that like commentators shouldn't be giving medical diagnoses either, you know? Yeah, but you kind of do have to wait for it. As That's like... Su- I know I'm being super technical and by the book, like off rip. If I'm watching the game, you know, like yo, he's done. He's not coming back. That's a concussion, of course. But like the commentary booth, that's what you all want to hear. Is like he's saying what we're thinking, right? But it's just like you know, you got to be technical and shit and by the book. I agree and disagree because when it's something like that, bro, when Mahomes gets to tries to get up and he's stumbling, it's like, bro, I don't need a concussion protocol. Yeah, it's yeah. one of those things where I just don't need. Like you're done. You I, shouldn't come back. It'd be. Im- I feel like it'd be embarrassing if he came back. I, I agree. I agree. It'd be like ugh, you'd be putting him in such a shitty position, and I feel like it'd be insulting to it'd be insulting anyone watching the game. Bingo! Like yo, as a fan, you're like yo. I thought it's all about player safety. Like how the fuck can you put that guy back out there? It's just, yeah, there's nah. no way around it. Yeah. But I think with Packers and Chiefs, bro, like the State Farm Bowl, right? Mahomes and <laughs> Rogers are in all the commercials. Mahomes head and shoulders. Yeah, yeah. That'd probably be. <laughs> I think as a as a football fan, that would be the one that I would want to see. 
Not so much that the storylines would be great because it'd be chalk, right? And like you know, right. we're, we're gamblers. We don't like to bet the favorite. We like yeah. some favorite. We like the underdog. Give me some plus four twenty. Yeah, some you know crazy what I'm saying? shit. But I I do think from a football standpoint, that's probably the most compelling one. But storylines, I think I would go with Pats and Bills. Oh, uh, Pats, Jesus. <laughs> I go with Bills and and Bucks. Yeah, man, that's not a bad one. See, I was looking for like names. And like you're buzz. talking about firepower, yeah, shit. yeah, just like anything like for the media to eat up. Although like the media, I mean, it's the Super Bowl, the media doesn't eat up anything. But yo, Bucks and Bills would be a fun one. Like anything for the city of Buffalo, but they can't lose, yo. If you put Buffalo in the Super Bowl, they can't lose. Oh my god, you can't put them through that. Yo, imagine being like a, a, a how old would you have to be? Like a 42 year old dude, and they go back there. It's like, bro, all you've experienced is L's yeah. in the Super Bowl. Yeah. And you were like old enough. You were probably like eighteen then, if you're a forty year old dude. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like that was the early '90s, bro. I remember. I've, I've said this story before. I've even said it in the past with, with you back when we used to do the show together. Monday Night Football. Leotis McKelvin. Remember him? He was like the course, the, the, the corner and the, yeah, yeah. And, and the kick returner. It was like the first game Buffalo played on Monday Night Football prime time in like twelve or thirteen years, and the Pats were down like thirteen points with like three minutes left. Pats came back and won. A kid on my floor threw his TV out the second floor of I believe the it. Porter dorm room at Buffalo State. He had to write a 12-page paper on why that was a hazard. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Dude, my roommate used to fan. destroy our, our apartment. Like, he'd be chugging shit. like, yo, <laughs> yo, they've been through so much, man. I can't even imagine. Like, even that, like, just being disrespected. They'd never been on prime. They were, like, I mean, prior to the last few years, they were never on prime time. They never got a prime time game. And Thursday night football came around where everyone had to get a primetime game. So that was like special for them. Right, right, right. Bro, if Buffalo, mm. like when they host night games, it's insane. It's a, it's a day drinking Palooza for a one o'clock game. Imagine eight o'clock when you have all day to drink. Yo, it's like a college time. It's a, it's a legit show. college time. It is. Yo, so you mentioned something before, and this is how I want to wrap up this show. <clears throat> you mentioned how it would have been a nightmare if the Browns and Bills played each other because of the Jets. You guys all took quarterbacks in the first round in 2018. As a Jeff fan, how you feeling about Sam Darnold, bro? What do you what do you want the Jets to do? It's so it, I mean, it was so interesting. Like for me, everything in the NFL today, I feel like revolves around the quarterback contract. Not even like the quarterback play, the quarterback contract, like roster construction around, you know, if you have that quarterback on that rookie deal, you can go out and splurge. So Sam Darnold coming up, it's like, dude, I would I would bring him back. If we had the number one pick, I'd be like, all right, Trevor Lawrence, you know, you get a reset on things and shit. Even if the roster is it's it's a shitty roster. Even if you bring Trevor Lawrence and you know nothing's happening next year. But now that we're not gonna have a chance to Trevor Lawrence, who I, I think is the only surefire thing, like Justin Fields could be great, Zach Wilson could be great. But there's question marks. Same thing, same way I feel with Darnold right now. Like I feel like he could be great, but there's still question marks. So I would, you know, I would try and re-sign him and bring him back. I mean, it's, it sucks because the Jets had these four years. I mean, you see, the, like you said, the Bills and the Browns, like they're doing it with the rookie contract. They brought in OBJ, Jarvis Landry. They got, I mean, they drafted Miles Garrett, but they have studs on defense too. And it's just like they spent money on that O-line for, for Baker. Josh Allen, they were able to trade for Stephon Diggs. Um, I mean, they've the just wide receivers well they too. brought last year, Cole Beasley, John Brown. Right, right. They're all well bringing too. outside talents in for their quarterback. <clears throat> the Jets, you know, haven't done that for one reason or another. But if I'm the Jets, I'm sticking with Sam Darnold. You know, like if they would have the number one pick, sure, Trevor Lawrence. But the number two pick, it's like, 
you know, do you want to start over again with the same question mark? It could be a, a same four year, you know, transition of what you just had. So I'd keep them and I'd draft either O line. You could trade back. <laughs> you could trade for Watson, then you wouldn't keep them. So that's that's that, that was speculated be, right that now. That was gonna be my follow up. How do you feel about that? Because I'm gonna start I'm gonna steal that from you if that's cool. Like it's not even the quarterback. It's really the the quarterback on that. Con- it's like the payroll. It's it's the right quarterback. It's a right. good quarterback. Of it is. Obviously, goes without saying. But on the right deal. Yeah. That's fan- That's beautiful because that's exactly what it is. Yeah. So now you have this dynamic where Watson, all indication is probably not going to go back to Houston. Right. It's gotten to a point where it's like he's subtweeting. He's every- subtweeting. <laughs> He, it's just, it's a broken relationship. It's Andre like, Johnson is tweeting. He has his first tweet in like two years, someone said. I was talking about it with Allen last week, how Andre Johnson, his last like 10, 10 tweets, but before this one was like, Damian Lillard's the man. And the like the other eight, <laughs> the other eight were like paid ads, right? Yeah, c- Casino Royale, yeah. fucking tequila or whiskey. Crown Royale. Crown Royale, yeah, Casino yeah. Royale. I'm thinking about Casino. <laughs> but at that point, it's like, yo, bro. You're in a relationship that's broken. Everyone knows it's broken, but you just still go back to your ex-girlfriend. That's basically what Watson and the Texans are right now. And I think the two realistic candidates that can get them are Miami and the Jets because of all the draft picks that are right. available. And and possible, like, if you want to throw in the possible young quarterback. Right. Granted, two was on the rookie deal, which we just talked about, which is probably maybe more enticing like mm-hmm. he's more of a que- maybe i mean they're both question marks at this point but he's on the rookie deal which could be the it could be a deal breaker man honestly like well i think Tua's, salary construction i really think bro tua is more of a question mark than sam Darnold because tua got a good team like that Dolph- they, they won 10 games this year yeah. like that's a good ass team where Darnold's had shit since he got into the league like you were talking about the Bills before and the Browns and even Lamar, too. Hey, yo, Lamar, we haven't even dropped the hey, yo, Lamar yet. <laughs> but all those teams really did the right thing where, all right, yo, we got this first-round pick quarterback. Like, let's double down and get him a wide receiver like Stephon Diggs. Look at Kyler Murray and the Cardinals. Like, oh, yo, yeah. we got a quarterback we love? Let's trade some shit to get DeAndre Hopkins. Like, why wouldn't you do that? Where the Jets haven't done that at all. Not so. At all. I personally think Darnold is more of a sure thing than Tua. Question marks on both. Not up for debate there. But if I was the Texans, I'd be like, yo, let me try and get some of these draft picks the Jets got through the Adams trade, through what they have now on their own. And then they also have a guy who maybe changes scenery, some more talent. That's that's how I would look at it. If I was the Texans, I'd be calling the Jets. Yeah, and if I'm the Jets, like you asked me too, as a Jet fan, like their quarterback situation, I would I would make that deal in a heartbeat because sure the salary is is important, but if you have a franchise guy, salary doesn't matter. Like you expect that quarterback to elevate the play of anyone around him, and, and Deshaun Watson has shown twenty five, and he's shown he can elevate. Yeah. The, like you just got rid of D Hop for pennies on the dollar you fucking got david johnson he's throwing to nobody who's he throwing will fuller who's plays half a year every year it's like dude kenny still sure but dude deshaun watson i don't know what more he needs to show to show he's a franchise guy and if you're the jets and you're still looking for that guy after taking someone third overall and sam darnold like dude go out and make that move and bring him in and you tweet about it and give dom shit about it all the time as you should we passed up on Deshaun Watson, so we could right the wrong. You could right the wrong yeah. a few years ago. 
and bring him in now in exchange for Jamal Adams and kind of like what his package was. It'd be like it'd be like we just took him on draft night instead. Oh, sure, we missed the first four years of that rookie deal, but we get our guy, you know, even if it's four years later. Dude, I would love to have Deshaun Watson for the next 15 years or so, man. If if you told me that was a possibility, I'd t- take the number two pick. You still have the, the Jamal Adams 23. You could keep mm-hmm, that pick, mm-hmm. and then you could either trade your jet pick next year or the Seattle pick next year because, dude, we got two firsts for Jamal Adams, which is a heist. Oh, yeah, easily. Heist. Yeah, yeah, without and, a doubt. And you, so you have a lot of, you know, assets to work with, including Darnold, who, who still, you know, I mean. He's younger sh- than Burrow, bro. Hasn't shown much. Right. Which could be good and bad. Like, he's still, I feel like, enticing to, you know, it could be Pittsburgh. It could be Indy. It could be anyone really looking for a quarterback that he his price tag isn't as expensive, and he'd essentially be a throw-in if you, if the Jets make a deal for Watson. He'd be like, "Yo, take our quarterback because we're not going to keep him. We're not going to develop him. We have our guy now, and you have a chance at him possibly being your guy." So yeah, man. I, I mean, if if I'm the Jets, I would I would keep Darnold to answer the initial question, but if, if Watson were to become available, I would make that move in a heartbeat. You know what I really think it's going to come down to, bro, is how Joe Douglas and now Salah coming. How they feel about the idea of Zach Wilson or Justin Fields? Because right. I feel like Justin Fields, his his NFL comparison to me is Deshaun Watson. So if if I'm Joe Douglas and I'm like, yo, I kind of feel like this dude can be this dude. Let me go with Justin Fields because of what you said. Like I'll have a four year window. That's true. Yeah, where yeah. I have this luxury for as great as Watson is, that undeniably I think. Bro, right now, if you were doing an open draft, every player in the league is available. Mahomes goes one. I'd say Watson goes two. Yeah. Yeah, him or Russ. I mean, they're probably both right up there. But, yeah, I mean, I don't I don't disagree with you per se. But you take the chance over the short thing. That's the question. Like, you you know now that Deshaun Watson is probably, like, at least 10 to 12 years of, like, surefire thing. You'd still take Justin Fields just off, like, the – the roster construction? No, I wouldn't. I would. I'm in the camp. You know how I feel about draft picks, like, bro. Yeah. I would trade. Oh, I thought you were saying you would take Justin Fields. No, a I'm saying him. if I was the Jets, like, it's gonna come down to obviously what Joe Douglas and the head coach feel about whoever the quarterback could be at number two. So if they feel like they could get a Deshaun Watson type or get good enough play that it could elevate the team at number two, okay, I see what you're saying. take that guy because then you don't need to pay Watson thirty five million dollars right. a year. But if you feel like, yo, number two, bro, Watson's three years older than these guys that are available. So you know how I am, bro. We've talked about this in the past. Like, I would give up the number three pick in the NBA draft. Bro, you give up the whole For Bradley Beal, like, for example, right? Of course. Like, because I just know Bradley Beal is going to get me 25 a game, and he's a solid, like, he's an all-star. Like, I've seen him. And they're going to do that for 10 to 12 years, like, from that point on. So I'm always... Of dude, I used to say back back in the day, like I would trade an entire draft class for Andrew Luck, right. like picks one through seven, all of them, for first round to seventh, all of them, and I'll even throw you a third round pick the next year because <laughs> when you get that guy, dude, it's you're right, it's just it's a game changer, bro. Yeah, even if you're paying Mahomes fifty million dollars in a couple of years, like that shit don't matter. You still got the the greatest quarterback, and in guys league. will want to come and play with him. They'll take the pay difference. cuts exactly. to go and play exactly, to try to chase man. a championship. So culture, bro, it's also a huge thing, man. Winning Absolutely. and culture. Absolutely. Last question: How do you feel about the new hire for the Jets? I like it. I mean, I feel like the Jets finally have their ducks in a row in the sense that the GM they bought in GM who I love Joe Douglas. I think Joe Douglas is gonna be a great. 
I mean, the, the Adams all, trade alone is like, yeah, yeah, you're he good. bought himself like three years yeah. with that trade. And then he gets his hire. So, you know, it's kind of like, okay, this is the first year. And, and then again, I mean, I, we're, I mean, I'm harping on it, but it just goes, it sucks that it's Darnold's like option year. You know what I'm saying? Because like you want to get a GM head coach and then ideally like you kind of draft when you're in this position, you draft a quarterback or you try and sign one who's your guy. But Sam could be that guy. And it's just like, Everything I think is going to fall into place now for the Jets. At least I hope so. So I love the hire. I mean, he's apparently like well respected. Sherman tweeted about it, and a lot of people have nothing but good things to say about him. He's like a leader of men. Is the one thing you hear about him. He could beat the shit out of anyone. It seems. Yeah, he's fucking. <laughs> you know, he's Jack, you know? yeah. I, and I love it too as a Jet fan because if I look back, I mean Rex Ryan was in there, but you have like Eric Mangini, Todd Bowles, Adam Gase. Like, all those guys look lost on the sideline. Like, zero emotion, zero fire, even in their post-game press conference. So, as a Jet fan, it's, like, refreshing. It feels like a, I don't know, like a breath of fresh air for the, for the franchise to have someone who's, like, who will inject life into that locker room right away and who probably get guys to play at, like, another level for him, despite whatever the roster looks like. <laughs> Listen, it's a 2-14 and 14 team. I'm not saying they'll be – they'll probably go to, like, a 4-12 and 12 team with the current roster they have. Right, right, but, right. But I just – I think it's great for the future. I think – I just said culture with Mahomes, if you pay your quarterback, like I think Salah can, can possibly build that culture. Like he, he kind of did it with San Fran and their defense. And, you know, they went to a Super Bowl with him while he was there. He's a Pete Carroll guy. Mm-hmm. Um, he's, he's just been around winning for so long. So he knows what a winning culture looks like. And I'm just hoping he could like bring that over and implement that in time with the Jets. It's not going to be, it's not going to be this year. It's not going to be next year. Probably, you know, I know that, but just, just, Something just you want to be promise. moving like, in the in the, the right Jets direction. have the longest playoff drought now in the NFL. And like, <laughs> you can't. I mean, as I don't know, it's, it sucks, man. Like as a, as a New York team, I mean, big market team. Like you, you want that team to succeed, and I hope I hope he can do that. I think I think he is going to do that. I think he brings life to this to this franchise. I can feel the pain in your voice as you're talking about this. It's, yeah, and, it's, and, it's just hope and optimism. Yeah, and 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 I hope you're right. I he. He sort of screams Robin to me. I don't know if he could be like a head coach quality. Like, bro, I felt the same way when the Giants hired Pat Shermer. I'm like, they're going to need a new head coach in two years. Lo and behold, they did. Like, Joe Judge, uh, I, at the time, I didn't know. I was just like, oh, he's a Patriot guy. I started talking myself into that. But it was a lot of unknown. Like, Salah feels like, yo, even Todd Bowles, bro. Like, Todd Bowles is a tremendous defensive coordinator. He's but when going he was, to a title game again now. Yeah. He's got a head coaching interview. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, like, I just, there's certain guys that I just feel like they're better suited to be coordinators. Coordinators. You could argue Rex Ryan was that guy, too. The thing I like about Salah, though, that just to stay on, on track here, is when with the Jets, it was like Adam Gase had the, had the play sheet in front of his face the whole time, like, He's not gonna have that, you know. He he already we already have the OC, the Jets. It's uh, Lafleur's brother, mm-hmm. so that you know he's he's handling the offensive side of the ball. I'm sure he's Salah's gonna have a, a say in the defensive side of the ball, but I just think like he's gonna be like a three, you know, three teams kind of guy. He's I mean a three side of the ball kind of guy. He's gonna coach special teams, defense. All, like he's not a, I mean he's a defensive specialist, but he's not gonna be like, yo, I'm calling the plays for defense. Like we had that in the past with I feel like Bowles and Gase. Mm-hmm. And it's just like I hear what it's you're not, like he yeah. can focus now on all facets of the game, whereas Gates was just like, "Yo, I'm just gonna focus on offense," and like he gave the play calling once, and he took it back. And the next week, he had a play calling. She's like, "I'm not calling the play." It's like, 
<laughs> shit was just a mess, bro. It's like, I feel like there's some order now. Like, we got the GM. The GM got his guy. Now he... The, He's letting his guy, the GM, is letting Salah bring in his guys. Mm-hmm. And, like, that's how a franchise should be run. And it's the first time they're doing it, I don't know, in a long time. Because even if you go back to McCagney, like, I don't think he bought in Bulls. I think, jeez, uh, Idzik, I think, bought in Bulls. Oh, my God. Yeah, and it's, like, that's what I'm saying. Like, look how. Nah, yeah. That's this a- wasn't that long ago. I'm naming three GMs. Uh, so right, it's right. just like, well, that, that, that's, that's the way you got to do it. You know, the. You, the owner starts at the top. Finds the GM. The GM finds the, the the head coach. The head coach finds his quarterback, and then you you work in unison. When you have the quarterback, then you get the GM. Then you get the coach. It's like it becomes all fumbled around. So exactly. I, that's why. That's why I think now. Like I. I think. I think bold prediction. We've seen the last of Sam Darnold with the Jets because of that layout where like McCagn. Yeah. McCagn now he got his guy. So. We'll see. Yeah, we will see. It's it sucks, but it's interesting. I don't know. Maybe like renewed optimism. Uh, I, it's the only thing I have going as a Jeff fan. It's like opt, like it's it's at rock bottom right now. So the only way to hit from here is up. At least I hope. Can only hope, my friend. The Giants too. Like yeah, you know, the other day they they won six games. So it's not like it's a ten win team. Like they they're they're fucked up in many I ways. I know. I know. That's what. Yeah, the Giants are funny too. Because everyone, I mean. Judge the great things, right? Like, he, he won them some games, but they won six games. So, everyone's like, oh, Judge is the man. Judge is the man. It's like, you know. Yeah, you won. Just because he had them playing meaningful football to the last yeah. game. Because well, because. Of the, outside factors. Yeah, the division know? fucking right, sucked right, balls. Right. So, that's why. I mean, I think Judge is a great coach, but I'm just saying, like, you know, time will tell. Especially with Jones. Like, it's, New York football is in a weird position. <clears throat> I would do a lot of inappropriate shit for Deshaun Watson. <laughs> for damn sure. Like, a lot. <laughs> I don't blame you, man. I'm, I'm kind of like right there with you right now with the possibility of him coming to the Jets. Yo, is it bad luck if you cheers empty cans? I don't know. Mine's not even empty. Mine, mine is so empty. I'll, but I can cheers. My brother, I appreciate you coming on. As always, anytime you want to hop on, you have an open invite. This was a pleasure. I'm sure the fans will be hyped to hear your voice. And uh, yeah, man. Hopefully, we can watch the card this weekend and uh, drink some beers. Yeah, why not? Make some bets and sweat it out. My favorite. Always. Every Saturday. A nice $40 single entry on <laughs> DraftKings, my go-to. Every Saturday, man. Every Saturday. Beers, bets, and fights. There you go. Where can they find you? Where's the social media at? Uh, at Endovito27 on Twitter and the gram. Let's go. Nothing's changed. Nothing's changed. My guy. Always a pleasure, bro. You think you got it? I got it for real. You think you got what I got? This one for those they forget in my city. This one for those they forget. This dog off the leash and it's ready to kill You think you got it, I got it for real You think you got it, I got it for real This one for those they forget in my city This dog off the leash and it's ready to kill Homie, go finish your meal I'm coming for real, taking that food right off of your grill Nikki too ill, can't let it drop on me spill Clogging the lane, I'm feeling the strain I'm here for the spot to be filled Not to be cocky, but all of you watching While I'm in the cup paying property bills This is the story of the one As head of maintenance at a concert hall He knows the show must always go on That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, 
and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.